And here we go. Welcome back to the Marina White Audible. I'm Ethan Lee, the site expert of the uh, also the host here. I'm also tired, and I'm also, also, also joined by Daniel Black. That's I. That's that's Daniel Black, right over there. That's that. That is this is I. It you. It, I. So we are here to just kind of ramble, but also, 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 we are going to talk about uh, Chris Limonis, uh what's happening there. Um, I think we both think it's pretty good hire, although initially we were taken aback a bit, just like 90% of the Mississippi State fan base. Um, the other 10% was like outraged. Mm-hmm. So those were the two emotions, at least on Twitter. Um, so, just speaking about Crystal Monis, formerly at Indiana, um, has lived in Starkville before, but was born in, what was it, Brooklyn? Something like that? I don't know. Brooklyn? Um, what? Brooklyn. I think he was born in Brooklyn. No, his, he was, he, I don't know where he was born. Born if- August 21st, 1973. He's aged 44 years. Um, but Brooklyn, New York City, New York. That's weird, because his dad went to state. I don't know how he's born in Brooklyn. That's what Google says. Well, I know. Well, I don't know because that's that's uh, maybe there's was a good hospital in Brooklyn. How would you get whatever? Okay, Lamonis, born in Brooklyn. Chris, born in Brooklyn, Lamonis, um, is now the coach at Mississippi State. Um, lived in Starkville when he was young. Went to play college baseball at the Citadel. Went to a college world series. I think it's like his first year or something like that. Uh, the 1990 College World Series, which was the same year John Cohen played in the College World Series, which I find funny. That's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty good, huh? Um, so he played there. I don't, I don't know how good he was in college as a baseball player, but I know shortly after he stopped playing, he started coaching as an assistant coach, was with the Citadel for numerous years from mid-90s, roughly when I was born. Um, up to 2006, and then went from Citadel to Louisville, was an assistant there, helped build just about all of their talent pool to go on. And, you know, when they went to go to all of those College World Series, um, then he's most recently at Indiana, had success at Indiana, which you've noted that Indiana's never had success. And the fact that Lamone has had success there is roughly akin to. Dan Mullen say here at state. Um, I mean, somewhat. That, I mean, it's not necessarily saying there have been periods of like baseball success or not baseball to, um, football success here at state, but for I the mean, most part, I think that's the best comparison that we can make that will resonate with some Mississippi state fans. I mean, Indiana, when Chris Lamotis took over Indiana, they just came off the probably, well, well, I would say without, without a doubt, the uh, best two-year stretch in program history. They went to the Omaha in 2013, uh, went to a regional in 2014 under Tracy Smith, then he went to Arizona State. But prior to Tracy Smith's arrival, and I think Tracy Smith was at Indiana for seven years, something like that, um, seven seven or eight, uh, maybe even nine. He was there for a while. Um, Yeah, Um, but he went to three regionals prior to Tracy Smith's going to Indiana Indiana had been to one regional. So yeah. it's so Tracy Smith sort of built it and then it was up to Chris Lamonis to maintain it. And that was something that he was able to do uh quite well going to three regionals in four seasons, which um I mean that's tied with Tracy Smith for the most regionals uh yeah. Indiana in Indiana history amongst a head coach. So uh, you know, an Indiana fan actually I tweeted something uh, maybe in an hour or so after Kendall Rogers tweeted the inf- the news that Chris Lamonis was the guy, uh, saying that you know comparing Chris Lamonis tra- his time in Indiana to Tracy Smith's time in Indiana, and the guy and this Indiana fan responded, well you know Tracy Smith built up the program for Chris Lamonis, so it's difficult to compare them. And I said, well that's true, but at the same time it's difficult for a coach to step in and maintain success for the most successful coach in program history yeah um and that's something that chris limonis was able to do now he never went to a super regional he never went to a college world series um it's which 
college baseball in the Big Ten, though. I think it's something that should be noted. Um, it's hard to get players there, especially in a bottom-of-the-pack sort of Big Ten school. It's hard to get players that want to play in cold weather conditions up mm-hmm. through, what, like April and end of May? Mm-hmm. When in the South, you can play college baseball pretty much all year if you really want to do. You know, I made this comparison. Are you there? I looked at this higher as a whole. Oh, you just um, out a bit. Oh, well. Oh. What were we talking about? You made a comparison and something yeah, about. I was making a comparison to John Cohen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of state fans by now have taken a step back and look at this entire, looked at this entire thing big picture. Um, and said, well, you know, this isn't as bad after all. But a comparison that I made on Twitter that I'll make right here is John Cohen's career at Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, John Cohen was hired at Kentucky in 2004. Prior in the however long history of Kentucky baseball, prior to John Cohen's going to Kentucky, they had been to one regional in their entire history. John Cohen went to two regionals in five seasons at Kentucky and was hired as the head coach of Mississippi State. That's pretty good. Program that had been to a regional four times prior. So it's similar in that regard. Uh, Cohen obviously was a really good recruiter. Chris Lamonis, John Cohen said, is the best recruiter in the United States. Um, Dan McDonald is one of the top recruiters in the country. Um, says that Chris Lamonis is the next big thing, due in large part to Lamonis' time at Louisville being, I guess, the recruiting coordinator uh, yeah. under Dan McDonald for going to Omaha three times. And then Chris Lamonis' first year in Indiana, Louisville made it to Omaha with players that Chris Lamonis and Dan McDonald recruited. So obviously, you know, it's interesting that from that standpoint, it's sort of like Canizero, which may rub pe- rub some people the wrong way, which Canizero did. Um, womp womp. But, we're, not, we're not talking about Canizero rubbing. Um, That's no. But but with that being said, it's it's extre- It's very much different based off of head coaching resume, uh, the fact or head coaching experience. The fact that Chris Simonis, uh has been a head coach in a Power Five program. Um, so, and apparently, I mean, John Cohen said uh, in his, in the press conference, which, you know, there wasn't really much that was said that's worth noting from the press conference, but Cohen did say that Chris Limonis had been on his radar from the very beginning. And uh, apparently from what I've heard from hashtag sources, um, that was the case. Uh, his name just was... I I didn't even hear his name once in regard to this search until 10 minutes before Kendall Rogers tweeted it. So, I mean, the fact that Cohen had this name from the very beginning, uh, I would say that probably from a recruiting standpoint was the reason why. Um, uh, It shows that Cohen is confident in this guy, and if Cohen is confident in someone, then uh, I think we should trust that. Um, and also another huge thing, just even not even just going a little outside of Lamotus is that Jake Otro is staying on staff, which could be as big, um, just as big of news, uh, as hiring Lamotus in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I was going to get there in a minute, but one thing that should be brought up and it's something that many state fans have brought up, um, the similarities here on how. Moorhead's name, you know, within 48 hours, he was hired officially at Mississippi State. Um, Mm -hmm. And the discussion around that one revolves around how um, Cohen suspected that Mullen might leave, was trying to get ready, and kept it quiet the bulk of the season. And the fact that he was doing all of that, keeping it quiet the bulk of the season, is incredible. Similarly here, um, if Lamonis' name was truly in this thing from the beginning, the fact that it did not get out until, as you said, 10 minutes before, um, before Kendall Rogers tweeted out that this is a thing that happened um, is absolutely incredible. And also with all of that, the fact that Cohen was talking to everybody through that, um, probably talking to Kendall Rogers to get his, you know, feelings on how this hire would go. 
mm-hmm. is because he did mention that he was talking to talking heads in the college baseball world, um, and also just various other sources, not just Kendall Rogers, but and he doesn't name Kendall Rogers. Um, mm-hmm. but, the, but the fact that you know we go through this entire coaching search, don't really ever once really consider that it might be Chris Limonis. Um, it's just an incredible thing that it, it was kept that quiet for that long. And the fact that it was so efficiently done, what was it, uh, 24 hours after the season ended, Lamontis yeah. was right there named that coach. Yeah, or, or at least unofficially. Officially, yeah. maybe a little bit later. Um, Within 48 uh, hours, it was official. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... Um, I think that sort of shows that Mississippi, you know, through all the crap that Cohen was getting throughout this entire search for, you know, Jim Schlossnagel, uh, his name is publicly out. Jan McDonald's name, he was publicly, he publicly said he wasn't going to take the job. Cliff Godwin publicly said he wasn't get the job through all of that. Tim Tadlock was lumped in there, but never really commented on it. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I don't know how big of a name he actually was in this search. Yeah. Um, but through all of that, the fact that Cohen, I mean, apparently, I mean, if, if Chris Lamotis's name was there from the very beginning, then Cohen had an eye on him throughout this entire, this, throughout this entire search. And the fact that, you know, you have three coaches, two of which are two of the top, two of which are the two of the top coaches in the United States who publicly turn you down. Then, yeah, uh, the fact that Cohen had someone to keep his eye on through this entire search shows how efficient and how good of a job he's doing i I mean just take just taking away you know how you know how you know obviously you can't judge a coaching search you can't judge a coaching search until you see how the coach does but in terms of the idea of efficiency and secrecy john cohen has done extremely well um at least on a public standpoint uh for all of the coaching searches and hires he's made so far particularly in baseball and football um and it shows that Mississippi State's athletic department is efficient. Um, it's in a good place is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It is hard to say that Cohen did a bad job if you seriously consider all of the factors that go with that coaching search specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you lose the, the man that was considered college baseball's next big name with Andy Kinizaro, which Candazaro is a really big name to begin with um, because there's a lot of letters there. But Oh, the, I get it. <laughs> but the fact that you lose him, this rising star, so you know, briefly into his career because of things that happen off the field. Um, and then attached to it are the unreal expectations that are going into coaching Mississippi State baseball in general with the fan base the fact that they're building a multi-million dollar um, facility to play in and you lose the guy that's supposed to lead you into the future, lead you for the next 10, 15 years. You lose him three games into the season, the second season that he's coached in. And then you have to go and find a new coach through all of that. Those are the circumstances you're operating under. The fact that he did this so cleanly is incredible. Mm-hmm. For sure. and. um you know, as I mentioned, the fact that Lamonis' name was sort of under the radar throughout this entire thing. Now, of course, that that's not really, I'm not going to say that's necessarily surprising because, you know, when Cohen first set out those, those the criteria of, you know, multiple Omaha appearances, yada, 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 obviously, Schlossnagel and McDonald kept being, McDonald kept being throwing out since the, since the time Cohen said those things. So yeah. a guy like Chris Lamonis, who a lot of people never even heard of, myself included, um, he, his name wouldn't be thrown out there that often. But no. even with that, there are still rumors always swirling around, and there certainly were during this coaching search. And the fact that his name wasn't even mentioned once, even briefly in a rumor, just it, that's the impressive thing about this coaching search, in my opinion. I tend to agree. Um... Yeah, I, I don't think there's enough that can be said about that. And I, I don't, similarly, I don't have anything else that can add to that. So there's no sense in repeating there. Um, but I will repeat your point about Jake Gotro. Mm-hmm. 
the fact that you were keeping Jake Gotro, another guy that is going to be considered heavily for head coaching jobs in just a couple of years, if not sooner than that, um, is incredible. He's another name that many fan bases are going to want their athletic directors to keep an eye on. Um, he's also a guy that is raved about all the time whenever you're watching any sort of Mississippi State baseball game. Um, doesn't matter who the broadcast team is. He's going to be talked about because of what he does recruiting-wise, but also his impact on how this team played this mm-hmm. year. And, I mean, in uh, Ross Dellinger's article that came out before Mississippi State's appearance in the College World Series, that basically said that that under Canizero, the team was doing nothing right because Canizero wasn't teaching anything that presented, that wasn't teaching anything that made the players comfortable. So yeah. Jake Gotro had to, and Bob Corskadden said this, uh, he had to reteach their approach at the plate. Yeah. And I would say that, that the fact that, you know, it's, I mean, obviously the coaching change would be, it would be the, the main reason why this, why state struggled so poor, struggled so much in the beginning parts of the season. But I think that this complete shift in the approach with the plate, this team's attitude, it completely, I mean, that's another uh, big reason why the team struggled. So, I mean, the team was 14, 15, two and seven in conference play uh, and hitting I mean, in the very, very beginning of the season, we didn't score runs. We could not score runs. And yeah. then by the time you, you hit Omaha, you know, we score 10 runs in the super regional in game three. Um, how many we scored? It was a large number. I think I know. it was eight. Yeah. And then uh, in game two of this of college world series, you score 12 runs. I mean, you put up these big numbers because of what Jake Gotro did. Jake Gotro was able, through the the insanity that was going on with Canizero, whatever he was doing. I mean, apparently he was doing literally everything wrong. Um, he was still winning. Is the the craziest thing? The fact that. Well, I mean, at least, well, I'm talking about at least in the beginning part of this season. Oh, yes. Um, how Canizero was doing literally. I mean, in, that, in Ross Dellinger's piece on Sports Illustrated, for those who haven't read it yet, which you should because it's fantastic. Dellinger's um, amazing. Be, um, he basically said that, you know, can't, you know, the biggest problem, you know, last year, I guess, was fine. But then going into the season, Canizero gets an obsession with his phone. Obviously, there was the affair that was going on. All that's the extramarital stuff. The the alleged extramarital, I no they it, it, yeah I mean fine oh. fine alleged but um but um you know with all that there are tons of distractions and then Canizero is doing is teaching them bad things apparently um so the fact that Gatro Gatro Gotro had Jake to, yeah. Gotro had to completely reteach this team how you know their approach to the plate yada yada this team had to completely change their mindset at the plate. And it worked in a very brief amount of time because regarding that circumstance, you would, you would imagine that, you know, the season's done. But the fact that they were able to turn it around in about a month to a month and a half, it really took off starting with that old Miss series. It's remarkable. And also the biggest thing is, you know, Gotro was a huge part of these recruiting classes that Mississippi State is stacking up, these high, highly ranked recruiting classes. He'll be able to, and even with the whole Canizero situation, he was able to keep those classes intact. Yeah. Now he can go forward with a head coach that is known for his recruiting prowess. In addition to that, the head coach, I mean, he's obviously going to have to learn his players, but he's not going to have to learn a whole bunch because Jake Gotro is there to help him teach him about the players. And then soon it, Jake Gotro will be there to help uh, Lamonis shift into this new position. So it's the Gotro, the keeping Gotro on staff is big in a multitude of for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's no reason for Mississippi State to not be like one of the, the five most talented college baseball teams in the nation for the like next however long Lamonis and Gotro are in Starkville. There's no reason for that to not be a thing that is consistently there. Um, there's, there's another point I wanted to touch on, but I, I can't I can't really think of it. But it, it just boils down to the fact that Gotro keeping him. For as long as you keep him, who knows how long he's going to be in Starkville. He provides continuity. Um, 
And as you mentioned, he was able to change their hitting approach so quickly. And this is a group that didn't have a full set of like fall preparation coming into this baseball season because they were limited with what they could do um, with the construction on duty noble field. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, Gotro keeping him important. Who knows how long we're going to sure. keep him, but we are very, very blessed to have him right now. Mm-hmm, for sure. So is there anything else that we can add to this? Um, this discussion of around Chris Limonis. Um, his contract I mean, details are interesting. Uh, yeah, maximum Mississippi four-year contract. Yeah, Adiana. Um, well, he's only being paid six hundred thousand. Um, which that's that's a lot of money. Which uh, I'm sure will go up depending on success. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a really solid hire. Um. You know, at first, because, you know, fans obviously had inflated expectations. Um, and part I think of that's Cohen's fault. Yeah. And also a part of it is um, is probably this College World Series run. Not saying that's a bad thing because it was a fantastic thing and something state fans will remember forever. And that's not a hyperbole at all. Yeah. Um, but. You know, you have to look at it from the big picture, which I'm sure a lot of state fans have done by now because it's been two or three days since he's been hired officially, or at least his name uh, was reported. Um, it's it's a hire that puts us in a good position for the future, and that's what John Cohen said a many times in his press conference and various interviews with national media, local media, that he was looking for what misses for what will benefit Mississippi State ten years, maybe more down the road. And I think with the recruiting prowess that Chris Limonis has um, um, and his success at a smaller program like Indiana, um, and I'm in the John Cohen comparison as a coach comes up again because, you know, you see that John Cohen went to two regionals in five seasons at, the, at Kentucky, take that and then put him at a program like Mississippi State, and then he's winning an SEC title and SEC tournament, going to three Super Regionals and a College World Series National Championship Series. So you take what Lamonis can do as a recruiter and as a coach, look at what he did in Indiana, take that, and then put it into a program with the facilities, resources, and the fan base, and you have a lot of potential there. And I think that's exactly what John Cohen was looking for. And now it's just up to Chris Limonis to take that potential and make something out of it. Yeah. I think another thing that I don't know how much it's been mentioned specifically that Cohen was looking for, um, but it has to do largely with that. uh, The fact that he wants a coach that's going to be here for 10 years. He's looking at a guy that, you know, in the past, what, four years, this is our fourth head coach going from 2016 to 2017 to 2018 to 2019. This is the fourth head coach that Mississippi State baseball has had. John Cohen's looking for someone that's going to be stable, Mm -hmm. will like Starkville and not like it too much to an extent, Um, (sighs) and will maintain this program for a long time. Also, one more thing that, you know, it just popped into my head. Yeah. You know, a lot of people liked Ken but at the same time, I mean, and – I guess it's easy to say this regarding the whole stuff with what happened to Canizero in the end of his time at state, but he seemed like he was really over the top. He was very over the top. And, and I think how, a lot of people responded positively to that because, Oh, for, oh, for sure. Because but, of how much he was like embracing Starkville, embracing state, mm-hmm. pumping everything up. He was way yeah. over the top. But, but then you look at hires like Moorhead and then you look at a hire like Chris Limonis and yeah. Chris Limonis specifically said this verbatim in his press conference that he's not a rah, rah guy. He's yeah. just there to win. So he's not there to make a name of himself in terms of publicity. He's not there to be good for PR. He's not there to do yada, yada, yada. He's there to coach baseball at Mississippi State and to win. And that straightforwardness is something I really like. And it's something that when you look at what, and you look at what, what Canizero did, tweeting picture videos of him lifting – and yeah. going after the SEC tournament game and Peter Burns talking about how at 4.30 in the morning, Canizero texted him a video of him lifting weights. That's so weird. So you look at that and you think it's, you know, it's, a, it, it's just tons of PR moves and it's weird. Whereas you look at Chris Limonis and he's just there. Once again, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's there to coach 
and win. Yeah. And I would rather have someone that coaches and wins as opposed to someone who is Mr. Positivity. I tend to agree. And I think that, as you mentioned, very much is Joe Moorhead. Very much is him. Mm -hmm. Um, Having listened to him speak, he just exudes this confidence that is very natural, but also is just, you know, very upfront of, we are going to win. That that is the goal here. We are also going to do the things, you know, right off the field. We're going to, you know, make sure our guys graduate college, everything of that matter. Um, but he's very much we're going to win. And the fact that Chris Lamonis is following that same sort of character, I guess, is built in that same sort of character is important for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. I don't I don't really have anything else to add on that note. Um, do you? Not really. That's basically all I wanted to say. Okay. We on have a, questions. Wait, before before we do get into that, um, um, there is a way that we can actually do some good with the show, assuming people are still listening at this point. Um, I doubt it, but who knows? Fair. If you are still listening, if you want to do some good, um, there are two GoFundMes that you can go help out. Both of them revolve around the world of Mississippi State. Um, one of whom, one, one of one of whom, one of which is for a mother that passed away. A mother of three was battling, I believe, cancer. J Dog talked about it a lot. Um, who is it? Stephanie Moore. Stephanie lost her eight-year battle with breast cancer. She's a single mom, leaves three children behind. They're trying to cover funeral costs, provide fin- financial help for these children. If you go, and I'll, I will link to both of these um, on this whenever we put it up in the article, but if you will go and you know help out there, um, that'd be greatly appreciated. Also, Alex Wilcox is a name that most Mississippi State fans know by now, and if you don't, you probably should know. Um, she's a true inspiration, played softball while battling ovarian cancer, was a freshman, 18, and passed away, unfortunately passed away, um, just a couple of days ago. Again, 18, very young, her parents are having to cover financial cost of that and everything there. If you want to help, um, if you feel led to help, you can go. I will link in it, you know, in this uh, post here on Maroon White Nation. Uh, or you can look up Alex Wilcox GoFundMe or Stephanie Moore GoFundMe. You will find these things and you can do some good. So I wanted to plug that in before we got into questions because questions are probably going to be shenanigans. Uh, you would be correct. So there we go. All right. Uh, since I have the questions in front of me, do you want me to read them? Yeah, go ahead. First questions are from Corbin. Corbin. Okay. Number one. How do you think the new baseball coach will do? I think we both believe that Chris Lamonis will do pretty great. With the resources that he'll have available at Mississippi State, there's no reason that he shouldn't succeed. Yes. Number two. Daniel. Oh, it's me. How does it feel to be a graduated? You are a graduated. It's you, nice. A graduated. A graduated. You could Ethan, how does it feel to be a graduated? Well, I'm I'm going to grad school. So I'm, okay, I'm congratulations. I'm gonna be uh, graduated again, hopefully, eventually. Number three, what's up? There's a ceiling fan above me. Same. And some lights and a ceiling. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you cut out a little bit there, so it came through like Wally was talking, and it was really enjoyable. Um, oh. How's your summer going? Is he's asking both of us that? Yes, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> okay, um, my summer's been good. Same. I'm so same. Good no, I'm not working. Well. You should be working. Uh, shut up. Uh, next question from Justin Strawn. Good deal. Number one, I passed out and hit my head last night. Am I still alive? I think well, we're both grateful that he's still alive. Well, he tweeted those questions, so. Yeah. Uh, the fact that, like, the story that he told us about him hitting his head, uh, 
I am glad he is legitimately like okay and not in the hospital. Same. Next, should we still use lemon-themed social media posts for Chris? Chris, Chris Ramona. I cannot speak. I just said Chris Ramonas. <laughs> Let me restart. Should we Ray still? Romano. Should we? Is Ray Romano our new head coach? Yeah. <laughs> everybody hates. No, it's everybody. I forget it. Should we still use lemon-themed social media posts for Chris Lemonis, even though the lemon part of Lemonis is pronounced lemon? It's Lemon. Yeah, he said he typed it as lemon. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting tired of kind of like the the fruit-themed yeah social media stuff. I got tired of it after seeing that video of the of the women going to the ladies' football camp in full banana outfits dancing in well, a look, car. There's, there's the I really like if I was not a Mississippi State fan, I would have gone back and Craig Jordan to, like that family that took the pictures in front of the the Omaha statue. I'm sorry, all of the lim- the banana stuff was dumb. I think it's funny that the players thought of it, and then the and then unsurprisingly, fans made it stupid. It was very enjoyable for like a, a brief period of time. And then for, it was like, oh, for, this is uh, for this three is, days. This is fun for like an even briefer period of time. And then it got old. Yeah. Number three, Thanos or Thanos. I don't know. Thanos. Snapped his fingers and killed Thanos. half the uniform universe. If you could do the same for a section of Twitter, which would it be? And why is the answer politics Twitter? I'm trying to think. If there's like another one that I, I would rather Egg Bowl Twitter. Does that take us out? Uh, I don't know if we are a part of Egg Bowl Twitter. Um, let me think. We've dabbled in it some. Yeah, but that doesn't but we're not cemented. No. Politics Twitter is the answer because politics Twitter is cancer. Is that okay to say? I, if we were to put it if we were to put politics twitter on like its own platform somewhere else on another website that we didn't have to visit that'd be great yeah the fact that it does like pop up and retweets and stuff or like likes now someone goes and likes a tweet and that's popping up on my twitter feed i just want to throw my phone out a window yes laddie's l lad sup canoe if the moon was made of cheese would you eat it so I, I actually work for somewhere that it, that is related to uh, space. Can you just and go yes, and I would. why can't you just go and buy cheese? But I could go get the moon cheese. But you could but you risk dying going up there. Yeah, but like that that's a great story to tell about how you eat the moon. Yeah. How quickly do we turn the rally lemon next stickball season? Well, if you if you take a lemon, you pick it up, and you rotate your hand, you have then turned the rally lemon. <laughs> Is he asking like how quickly we turn on it, like we turn I, on bananas? I think that's what he meant. Meant because I don't know. Probably like two games into it. You could use it for some for some sweet tea too. Put it in your tea. Yeah. Uh, love you guys. I don't tell that enough. Love you too, lad. Justin's trying to, oh, I guess I need to do spoiler alert for the last question for those who haven't seen Infinity War and want to, though I question their desire to see if they haven't already. That's a great question. Um, speaking of, which movies are like out right now that you haven't seen that you really want to? Incredibles 2. I haven't seen Deadpool yet. Oh, uh, well, I don't care about that. Is that tag movie out yet? The, I don't the, know what that is. The game about like people who have played tag for like 30 oh, years or whatever? Oh, I don't know. I need Probably. to see that one. A lot of commercials. Yeah. Uh, Oliver McLeod. Um, tips for an incoming freshman. I can't answer this. I need these tips. Um, make sure you uh, find all of the, the toilets in the library. Make sure you know where all of them are and find one that is like the most comfortable but also like the most remote because it, it will be the cleanest. Um, go to all of your classes. Just like just go to all of them. I recommend that because either you, your parents, or like your scholarship money is paying for that. So 
go. Um, don't do drugs. Have fun. Stay in school. Um, and get connected. Like, truly get connected at Mississippi State. It's a great community. Uh, there's plenty to do. Starkville's a great town. Enjoy it. There's your PSA. But also, find your favorite toilet and protect it. Uh, Will Lawrence. Yes. Will Lawrence. Is Chris Lamotis the right man to lead MSU going forward? Why or why not? Yes. Why or why not? Yes. Next, Will Lawrence. What if the moon was made of prime rib? Would you eat it then? I know I would. Yes. You can just go and buy prime rib. I mean, okay. Uh, Will Larson. Was 2017-2018 the best year in Mississippi State Athletics? It's a very like tumultuous year, so I, I really don't know if you can say, oh yeah, it's truly the best ever, but it, it, it's pretty good. I mean, in terms of on the field or on the court or whatever success, it's easily up there. Yeah, it's hard to beat. But yeah. if you were to compare, like, fully look at everything that happened in 2017 to 2018, um, including stuff as small as, like, Nick Fitzgerald breaking his ankle. But, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I don't think Mull. I mean, the fact that the football program was able to rebound from that and Mullen leaving, the fact that the baseball program was able to rebound from the Canizero situation, and I don't think I don't think those two things should be major hindrances. That's fair. So that's my. I think I think I think the question is being asked strictly on a success level. Yeah. Um, which in that case, it's be means, top three. Yeah, easily. And next year, in the crazy thing is, next year has a great opportunity to be even better. Starting with the football season. The football season alone might make it better. Which, um, I, uh, as a state fan, I'm not going to guarantee anything. Uh, next, Will Larson. Would you pay Schlossnagel the Jimbo Fisher amount of money in baseball terms to come to state? Or do you like what Cohen did in going with a seemingly cheaper and less experienced McDonald? I'm not going to call Chris Lamonis a cheaper and less experienced Dan McDonald just yet. Because he hasn't done anything as a head coach to the extent that Chris that Dan McDonald's done. I think so I'm not like, going to go that far at I all. The mold. Or, he's essentially commenting on like the mold that Lamotus has built in, not like physically, um, but like you just you know the the mold that he's made in is following um, Dan McDonald, and I, I get that comparison to an extent. Um, if we're just looking at the question as a as a case of would you rather pay stupid amounts of money for Schlossnagel or pay reasonable amounts of money for a, a Chris Lamonis who long term projects to be pretty good, pretty great? I mean, right right now I would go with the Lamonis thing, but of course we can't really answer that question until about three to five years from now. Yeah. So how old is Schlossnagel? Let's let's look at that. Uh, late forties. Is he really only late forties? Yes. I thought he was in his 50s. Uh, I think he's late 40s, but I, I, I'm going to guess. I, you, you're cutting out again. It, it's like ding, 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 ding. It, it, it's uh, yeah. something while a phone. Are you there? Yes, I'm right here. Look, say, okay. Jim Schlossnagel, I got it right. He's 47. Oh, wow. And, and he's already being paid $1.56 million. Yeah. And what is it? Um, our guy Lamonis is like forty-four or whatever. He is forty-four. There, there is an argument to be made of like Schlossnagel is better, even in like the long run. If you were looking at like the long, the long run of this. That said, I like I like our chances with Lamonis. Yes, uh, Lewis. Why does it have to be so damn hot? I mean, is it really necessary? Bum, bum, bum. Um, where, where's know. that tweet? It's from. It's by Lewis. Oh no, I know where that tweet is. On Twitter, idiot. 
Come on, Ethan, get your act together. It's on Twitter. No, no, no it's a response to you that I wasn't tagged in. Oh, okay. Well, great. Um, well, yes, necessary. But, necessary. Yeah, kind of. Uh, thoughts on the Lamonis hire? We've answered that five times. <laughs> uh, next, will JT Jin come to school? No. Probably not. He's going to make a lot of money. Next, I just got off work. What should I stop and get for supper? Um, I don't know. Uh, pizza. Philly cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak pizza. Tacos. Philly cheesesteak taco pizza. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Mexican salad. Uh, number one. Did this? Oh, by the way, this is for Mr. V. It's for Mr. V. Uh, okay. Number one. Did you like that Elijah McNamee said State would be back at the College World Series next year? Um, I hope he's not wrong. Yes. The, the guarantee of like winning a national title. Hope he's not I, wrong. I I like it. It's bold. McNamee is already a legend. We need to see what he can do consistently over a full year, though. I'll say this. Wes Ray said before the 2013 team that Mississippi State fans should book their trips to Omaha. So Fair enough. This team's going to be loaded going into next year. Mm-hmm. There's some questions about pitching, but this team's going to be good. For sure. Uh, number two, do you think he's correct in that statement? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm not. I If I predict that State's going to Omaha, we're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. So. Don't, you're not allowed to. Um, gut feeling for me says yes. Like the, the nervous sort of energy in me with like not knowing how Chris Limonis will do just right off the bat. Get it? Because bat. Um, I think State will do pretty good next year. I really do. Number three, is it okay to tweet recruits? No. No. Number four, but Moorhead can't recruit the South. Doesn't matter. Don't tweet him. I, 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 uh, I don't think that was the... Don't tweet him. I think that was a reference to States being so, sixth in the country. Oh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Remember how that, uh, that Ole Miss recruiting coordinator or whatever... Dude, Brennan yeah. Chapman. Yeah, that dude. His tweets are so, so goofy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 thinks that for Ole Miss to have a better recruiting class than State, tweeting bad things about State baseball will do the trick. And oh, by the way, after he tweeted that video of a girl throwing a banana on the ground, attempting to step on it, and then proceeding to slip on said banana and hitting the back of her head on the pavement. Oh. I looked. I looked at his likes. He liked that. I, there was some t- tweet with that video that was sent four days before state loss that he liked in preparation for that moment. He was planning on it. Correct. What a goober! I mean, he, he tweeted after the Oklahoma game. Did Oklahoma miss an extra point, or did they kick two field goals after our first loss in Tallahassee? And so he had to wait a solid three weeks to get back at that. Remember when the mayor of Oxford said something about, you know, Mississippi State losing by 10 runs and, like, you know, how they state fans should oh, worry yeah. about that? And then they went on to lose by 10 runs. And, and then got eliminated. Correct. Tweets are dangerous, folks. Correct. You got to be careful in these Twitter streets. Correct. Number five, should the Stephen F. Austin game be a blackout? No. I'm just glad that game is at night. Usually that game would be at 11 a.m. Yeah, I, I'm. there's no reason for that game to be as late as it is, honestly, all things considered. Yes, it is. Yes, because we are because it's September 1st or whenever it is. I'm just talking about like the, the profile of that game and people oh, still well, but, play but, 11 a.m. kickoffs. But boy, are we lucky. We got very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, still, not a blackout. That game's... No, just don't do it for that one. Or what's probably going to happen is it's going to be a 2014 Southern Miss, and it's just going to start raining. Yeah. That Which was... actually, actually, I wouldn't mind because the 2014 Southern Miss game was fun. Um, Are you comb- that because like, that was a whiteout? It was a whiteout. It was a combination of the rain and the fact that it was at night and the fact that we beat Southern Miss 49 to nothing. That was, that was a weird game. That was an enjoyable game. It was. Uh, number six. Which side of the football is going to be the dominant side? So if you pick up a football, you'll notice that it's, it's round. It doesn't really have sides. 
I don't get the question. Is this an inside joke? No, it's talking about. Do you think which which side of the football, like that the, the team, defense, offense, special teams? There's three sides. We're gonna. Oh, I thought he meant an actual football. No, no, no. no. I, that's that's what I was saying. The, the joke about picking up. Football. I'm not no. smart. Um, um, defense. It's not special teams. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go with defense, but you would, it, it, it's so hard to say when I think about it. Offense. I'm going with offense. I am so bought into like Joe Moorhead's if schemes. We, if we are I'm going, going offense. if we're going for a position group, defensive line. If we're going for a specific, as you say, side of the football, I don't know because we don't know much. The only problem about you know the thing about. Both sides has its setbacks. Both sides has its strengths. Both there are some question marks. Yeah. You know, obviously the strengths on offense is quarterback. The strength and on defense running is defense. back. And running back. And running game in general because you bring back most of your offensive line. Correct. Then you look at defense, that defensive line is a wall. But then on offense you have, you know, poss- you, know you have uncertainty at wide receiver. On defense you have uncertainty at defensive back. So yeah, – yeah. There's a few questions at linebacker, just depth-wise. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, both are pretty equal. But we if can we all agree that special teams do, is not that. Yeah. Um, if you were to say... Take this in a different, completely different direction. Um, this team's ability to stop the run or this team's ability to run the ball? Which is more dominant? Let's, let's decide it stop based on that run. factor alone. Stop the what? run. Stop, Stop the run. run. Okay. Because I'd go with running the ball. Uh, because you on our defensive line, you have two uh, first-team All-SEC defensive linemen yeah. and someone, Jin Chauncey Rivers, who's expected to be as good, if not better, than both of them. And then you've got Braxton Hoyt. You've got several others right there provide that depth that are still really good. So you have that star power, that genuine, yeah. raw now all now it's developed star power yeah. out of defensive line, whereas you have really good talent at, at running back, but still it's not that dominant force. Like I wouldn't say that um Alabama's defense I mean, I wouldn't say that uh Alabama's defense would look at Mississippi State's running game and have a whole lot of concern. But if you're Alabama's offense, you could have some concern when looking at Mississippi State's defensive line. That's fair. Okay. Uh next. Have you this is still Mr. V. Have you told those that love you, or have you told, have you told those you love that you love them lately? With, with all, with everything that seems to be going on both in the world and then also on Twitter, um, and also like people that, uh, the KLKL dude, uh, used to be. Oh yeah, the Ole Miss fan. Yeah, um, passed away. Like just, just. Yeah. Dude, 45, passed away. Good time um, for that question. So I think it is a, a good time for everybody who is listening to the po- this podcast, be it your internet friends, be it family members, be it whoever, um, be it the dude at the gas station where you, you buy soda. Like, tell them, hey, love you. A random thought. I'm looking at Chris Lamotis's, um Wikipedia page. Yeah. And at the very bottom, it says the categories that he's a part of. Yeah. And I'm going to start from the last one to the first one and okay. just listen to how much broader this gets. Okay. So it starts with Mississippi State baseball coaches, goes to Indiana baseball coaches, goes to Louisville baseball coaches, goes to the Citadel baseball coaches, goes to the Citadel baseball players, then get ready. People from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and then living people. Wow. That's wild. That makes me laugh. Number eight from Mr. V. Love you guys. Love you too. Also from Mr. V. Should I change my Twitter bio to say I'm the number one fan of the Maroon and White Audible before Lewis does? So that, that pretty much confirms that I should probably make a Twitter account for this thing. Go ahead. Okay. I'm yes. not a I'm not an official part of it. I'm just here to be here, even though I am on the third the third of four shows. No, I I, I put up a couple of others. Oh uh, well oh my bad. Uh this is from BL Wedge 09. I think his name is Brandon, maybe? No, it just says BL Wedge no, 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 09. I, I'm saying I think it's maybe not. 
whatever. Oh. I'm glad I saw this tweet before I read the last. I haven't seen it, but still plan to. I've seen everything before Black Panther and somehow got off track. That's in response to Justin, by oh. the way. Talking That's all our questions. Spoiler alerts. Devante followed me. Who's Devante? I don't know. Fair enough. So, hashtag closing thinkings time with uh, Daniel Black. Hmm, I forgot this existed. Um, closing thinkings. Um, when I when I'm not here, do you do this segment? No, I don't do closing thinkings with Daniel Black. When I do, when I'm not here, do you do this segment? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, so because I'm not Daniel Black, so I can't I can't do your closing thinkings. But you can just take out the the uh, object of the preposition and just put in your name. Just go. Uh, Chris Limonis is our new baseball coach. Uh, it's a hire that from the outset, if you're just looking at his resume compared to the inflated expectations that John Cohen and the multitude of Mississippi State baseball fans uh, have set, it may not be that great. But then if you step back, look at big picture, look at his entire resume in terms of recruiting-wise, look at the program that Indiana was, and look how he did at it, it's a very, very solid hire that sets up Mississippi State for success down the road, and that's really all you can ask for uh, for a baseball program. So, yes. Good deal. I, I, I made that quick, didn't I? That was impressive. Yeah, I tried my best. It might make that its own little segment. Good. Like its own little show. Like the 30-second show with Daniel Black. That would just be dumb. You're welcome. So, my name's Ethan Lee. I just threw my pen on the table. You're probably going to hear it on this podcast. Um, that is Daniel Black over there. <sighs> yeah, that it him. Um, it graduated. I graduated. Um, my name's Ethan Lee. Thank you for listening. Um, y'all have a good one. Bye.